Welcome back, everyone. Did you miss us? Because we missed you. This is part two of episode three. We covered in the last episode everything from uh, hydrocars, Neuralink, how to 3D print homes and organs, and so much more. We're getting ready to cover a real quick recap, and then we're going to take you into space and time travel, alternate universes, so much more. So stick around and welcome to Friday Night Fringe. Beautiful, beautiful. Welcome back. So trying to hurry. Let's just go on from spring off of 3D printing in general and go to uh, specifically it being used to print houses, future construction Whoa. technology. What? So future construction advances, there's drone usage for carrying materials, or you could think of the th house 3D printing machine as sort of a drone, I guess, depending on your definition. There's also uh, different modeling software, so you can create 3D blueprints. Um, like we talked about, uh, Google Glass, um, Microsoft has something that is uh, called the HoloLens, which is a pair of VR goggles, but it's not VR, it's AR. Augmented reality. Oh, okay. Oh. Like Pokemon Go. Like Pokemon Go, yes. No. Except it's a pair of goggles or large glasses you wear in front of your eyes, and it's these transparent screens. So you can look in front of you and have a Tony Stark style heads up display. Whoa. And that's like cool. you can. The maneuver... Oculus has something like that where you can blend the screen with the background, and you can choose how much the new Oculus. Quest two. So but is that true that, AR though? Like, I don't think that, it is. It's not. It's just letting you see through. This right. would be like cyberpunk. So this would be like AR. Person this, you're looking at and details. Let me tell you some of the things you can do with it. Yeah, kind of. You can have, and if you Google Microsoft HoloLens demonstrations, you can find a bunch of stuff. You can have virtual environments overlaid on your physical surroundings. So you can have <laughs> your computer screen here and then a virtual screen overlaid up above it that like represents your business associates computer. And you can have HoloLens linked into your computer or use your com HoloLens's computer and do the whole like, just take your finger and grab the hologram and yes. flip it to your butt. It, like crazy things like that. You can interact Whoa. with objects. You can like take apart a hologram engine. You can like you do can all work this across stuff. the world on projects together. Yes. Like yes. you can have a team of people all using HoloLens with the same hologram in front of them, all working on it <laughs> at the same time, time. in AR. real time. Yes. Right. So this has huge collaborative. Uh, potential. Oh, yes. And then, as with all of these, I am rushing things because I don't want to lose too much time. Speaking okay. of AR, you've some cars already have a sort of AR in the form of a heads up display. Mm hmm. One of the first memorable ones was like the 1980s Corvette. So if you look in the bottom corner of your windshield, it would display your speed and like <laughs> that's lit. your revs. Right. And now um, and there's expensive. cars that have like you can uh, you can view your map and a heads-up display on your windshield. Nice. There's also heads-up display apps that I've used that are pretty cool. So it just turns your entire phone, like you take your phone and you lay it in the corner on your dash at night is when it works best. 
And if you have an OLED display, it's even better because the blacks on your screen, those pixels are actually turned off instead of just black light. Black, right. And it only displays like a white outline and it reflects off of your windshield looking like it's floating like a hologram, just like a $2 app on your phone, and you can have a map (laughs) projected on your windshield. That's cool. And your speed and all of that. Which could be helpful, but also potentially dangerous, I guess, if you have the map, like, right in your line of sight. Am I wrong? So It's at, like, the bottom corner. It's actually better than looking down near your steering wheel. Like if you're looking down at your steering wheel or if you're looking over at your center console, that's more dangerous. I agree. Yeah, that's better. 80s Corvette and the 2010 forward Camaro and Corvette and other cars too. I'm just biased because I like those. Um, (laughs) And the app all only take up about like a hand size amount of space in the very bottom corner. Gotcha. Okay, gotcha. I was imagining yeah. like all over my windshield. Yes. And I was like, and that would that be is a valid concern load. because people have wanted to take Microsoft HoloLens and yeah, use it driving. Integrate it with your car, which is cool because it can show you like an active overlay ah. of the road and it can show like here's okay. an unsafe area that you can't see with the naked eye. So we're going to highlight it on your screen and another thing is like so that yeah that's dangerous it's a cool idea but dangerous something i want to say it was bmw but i might be wrong like they put a screen on the pillar so the front pillar of the car you know what i'm talking about like um the edges of the windshield, you have the two metal beams. Yes. So they put a screen on each of those and cameras on the outside so you can see through them. (gasps) Oh, that's smart. I like that. A blind spot there. I like that a lot. That's how I wish cars were because that's probably my most dangerous thing for me. And um Speaking of high-tech cars, let's go back to Tesla and talk about their self-driving cars. Okay. Talk to me dirty. So (laughs) that's a future thing for sure. Cars are going to become self-driving almost guaranteed. has a car like that, right? Yes, but uh, all of the self-driving cars besides Tesla only all of the ones that claim to be fully autonomous, mm-hmm. they only work in a very specific environment. Like it has to be specific. Like they build special roads for them with markers so they can see where they're going. Oh, or, like highways or and they stuff. Use, yeah. And not even that. It's like a closed track where they've been tested. I don't know how many have been used on actual roads. So we trust Tesla over Google at this point. For self-driven cars. I wouldn't say trust. I would just say <laughs> um, <laughs> use the best so far. And I personally agree with Elon Musk's philosophy on self-driving cars, which is practically every other company, Google, BMW, like every other self-driving company, they have all this bulky equipment on top of the car and all over like Mm. they have sonar radar lidar which is laser radar holy shit they have all these expensive expensive bulky ugly sensors and when i was reading about this um and was like peak interested in learning python one of the uses i found for (laughs) it is machine learning AKA artificial intelligence. Ooh, and yes. A specific use in creating uh, self driving or automation programs. And um, I was like, man, okay, for just for funsies, how would I make a self driving car? Not the details of the programming and the coding, but like, what would you need? And this isn't some like mind blowing revelation. It's just, like the most basic observation. Right. Like, I'm not claiming to be a fucking genius here. I'm claiming to be Jerry 
from Rick and Morty on the episode <laughs> where he pitches his Apple's campaign to a simulation that's only running on 1% power. And oh my God. He's, he's an idiot. So that's, I'm aware that is the level of this idea. And okay. that idea is this. Okay. What do we use to drive as humans? We use two eyes pointing forward. Well, we also use a mirror pointing backwards and a mirror on either side pointing backwards. So really, you should be able to design a self-driving vehicle with just two cameras pointing forward and one camera pointing back in the middle and two cameras pointing back on the side. So that's all the information a human has. And the problem is designing a brain that can process that designing a computer program that can process that you don't need much information to drive a car humans do it with just eyes now a little deeper than that we also use not just like straight camera but you know with our dual cameras on our face creates depth perception so oh okay uh, but still two cameras on the front depth perception and probably two like depth perceiving cameras facing backwards. But um, Elon Musk basically said the same thing. Like he doesn't want to waste a whole bunch of money making expensive cars that he can't sell because they're yeah. expensive. That's fair. And he also thinks that really all you need is just cameras. It's not a matter of the sensors. Like we can use cameras. We right. just have so he's focusing on the software, which I think right. he is correct. I, or he's correct. He's right. He is correct. <laughs> yes. And that it's no matter how many sensors you throw at this, you're still going to run into issues because you're focusing on the wrong thing. It's like if you were trying to build something, like let's just random example. Say you're trying to design an elevator. Okay. And you keep trying, like you can use the strongest or the lightest materials in existence. None of that matters if you don't have the programming down. Like if you design a box oh. in a tube that's super lightweight or super strong or super impact resistant. But, but it only knows how forgot, to go up. <laughs> no, you forgot <laughs> to even think about how it's going to move at all. Oh like, no. That's, right. Like they're working backwards. They're like, let's let's figure out how to make the best materials when they should be focusing on basic functionality. Right. Damn. You do, you do kind of have to think backwards with it. Like, what what does it need to do? Like with a project like that, it's what does it need to do? How do we program it to do that? How do we yes. make it understand how to do that on its own? How do we make it do that? And then how do we self-automate it to do that? Right. Okay. And sorry for rushing again, but... Uh... Well, and if, if you have so much will that you want to continue this another night we can split this up however we need well to I, think I think he's almost done right or are you what it, the, so what i'm gonna do is just blow through the rest of this like bullet points and then we can as like go, teases yeah and then we can That's go fair. in depth another time so self-driving cars are run by ai programs basically my notes Say, quote, segue AI into Terminator stuff. Okay, so. What? AI, uh, people are worried, oh, it might turn into a Skynet situation and take over the world, blah, blah, blah. So let's just say for funsies, an AI is developed and it destroys, like starts destroying the planet. Humans are worried, oh, no, we have to get off this planet. How are we going to get off this planet? This is just a lame, goofy segue into space travel. <laughs> so, space travel. <laughs> What's some futuristic space travel stuff? Well, wormholes, stargates, and teleportation. 
so oh my and like hyper speed or warp that's speed. That's Star Wars stuff right there. Light speed travel. Dude, there starting, was teleportation in my dream last night. Starting with light speed travel. Have you guys watched Interstellar? Yes. I have not. Okay. <sighs> Disappointed again. So, Ash, do you remember the scene where they are on that one planet and it's like two hours passed there, but 20 years have passed on Earth? Yes. Okay. That's based on a real thing, which is okay. time dilation. Time dilation. Okay, I haven't heard the this term before, the specific term. The baby's so, coming. It's out of nine. Have oh, you God. heard of um, the experiment where they synced up two clocks, left one on the ground, and put one in a plane? No. What? Okay, sorry, so. I just processed what you said. No. Say it again. What? There's so, two rocks. No, no, no. Clocks. Oh, I'm dumb. Okay. They take two Not clocks <laughs> and they synchronize these two clocks. So okay. they're going at, like, they're at the exact same time, like down to the millisecond, like down to the nanosecond. I don't remember how precise, but they were in sync. So and in theory, they should stay in sync. Correct, because they not only did they sync up, they were like super precise quartz clocks that would take like years to be off by even 0.3 nanoseconds or something stupid. Whoa. If I'm remembering correctly. And they kept one on the ground. And I believe this is an Einstein theory where... And since this is an overview, I'm not going to... My stupid will be showing, but um, hysteresy theory is basically like, you know, you've heard time is relative. And that means yes. like in relation to, for example, the speed you're going. So the faster you're going, the less time you experience. So they took one of these clocks, left it on the ground in the lab, took another one up in a plane and went like so fast. I don't remember the exact speed. And when they came back down, the clock... Oh. On the plane and the clock on the ground were no longer in sync because they oh. experienced different times. That's and if you crazy. And that to um, something that is pretty much impossible right now. Um, if you were to travel. Oh, okay. This one, I'm not going to dive in at all on this because it's a whole episode. I found a declassified document from the Department of uh, Intelligence Department of Intelligence Agency, so the DIA. Um, it's titled "Traversable Wormholes, Stargates, and Negative Energy." Mm, that sounds That's a whole other episode. Science-y. I'm just gonna drop that there, though. How dare you go do back that to me? To time dilation. So, if you travel at light speed, or as close to light speed as you can, because theoretically faster than light speed travel is impossible. Right. Um, if you, so before that, I will mention that time dilation, dilation is observed in astronauts. So if they've spent six months in the International Space Station, just in Earth's orbit, they have traveled 0. 0.007 seconds into the future. That. Is but just... you multiply that and you have time travel, which feels like well, we're also it's more start... like different time parallels, right? Oh no. Oh no. I don't like parallels. Okay. That scares me. Let's let, let's not jump ahead yet. Oh, sorry. So um this article on futurism.com says Alpha Centauri which is, I don't know if that's a star or galaxy, whatever. This is 4.5 light years away. And um, if you traveled there at almost the speed of light, it would take about four years. It's about four light years away. And if you travel at the speed of light, 
it will take you four years. But if so, you travel at the speed of light somewhere closer, you get time back. What? No. <laughs> okay. So if okay. you we'll laying this out. all out here, if you traveled somewhere four light years away at the speed of light, it would take you four years. But um, one light year is a year. Oh, duh. That's in the name. You would <laughs> experience a trip of about two weeks. Because of time dilation, like, we'll put it like this. Here's Earth. Here's you. And you leave and you go four years away in Earth time. But because you're moving so fast, you only age and experience two weeks. Oh, my God. That sounds lit. It goes even deeper because it says that doesn't really make any difference because I mean, that's me just trying to drive through traffic. through. You can't send any communication back because that would also take four years. So instead, if you travel four light years away at the speed of light, and then just do some research for like a year or so, and then come back at light speed, you will have been gone for nine Earth years, but you will have only experienced 1.2 years. You will have only aged 1.2 years. Okay. The implications of that. Oh my God. Whoa. That's kind of like um, the Umbrella Academy. I haven't seen that. Oh. I haven't seen that either. Poopy. Like, like I feel like that makes sense, but also my brain can't, also can't quite grasp it either. I didn't. I didn't take enough science. Uh, I love science, but I didn't take enough science to completely. Understand I'm gonna have to the think on that for a minute. That. Yeah, and I haven't read enough to be able to even come close to explaining how that works. I don't even know if anyone has been able to explain. Like right. how that works in a way how do you, you can wrap that? your brain around it. But if you just take it at face value and then think about what you could do with that, like if you take off for, like it said here, another planet, you can do a year's worth of work four light years away and then come back and you will have basically only been gone the amount of time you spent wherever you like travel time is negligible like if if you're able to go that fast and that's the big thing like it's with today's technology and with anything we've imagined today it's impossible to go that fast right so far but if we can then it will actually make like star wars or star trek type colonization of the galaxy possible yeah Especially, sorry, go ahead. Were you saying something? KJ? Nope, she didn't have a thought. What? Oh, no. Okay, so (laughs) if you Google the nearest habitable planet, it will tell you it is Proxima B. And Proxima B is just four light years away and it is by far the closest earth-like planet we know about so if we were able to travel the speed of light we could go that four light years away and start building a colony there send people with enough supplies to get like a habitat or a base built up they spend a year or two there and then they come back resupply and update and then um while they're gone if they're gone for two years plus the eight years travel time earth time then on earth 18 years have passed and in that time they can be working like group a goes to this other earth planet and spend two years there building it up group b stays on earth and does 18 years of research and so when group a returns only two years have passed for them 
two and a half. Damn. But they come back to 18 more years of research and they combine that with mm-hmm. what they've accomplished on the other earth. And then they just keep doing that. And I imagine exponential growth of a second earth and eventually the ability to have humans living on multiple planets. Let's have the people on and destroy another planet. Earth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, hopefully. No, we can make the second one better. Won't, we'll learn from our mistakes. And but I want the, the people in we did. group B. Can the people in group B just be AI so that we don't lose any time at all and they learn and then we travel back and over the two weeks we go over their notes and we're like, mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm, yep, yeah, okay, 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 great, let's go. Actually, and then let's group B is Earth. Like so have a computer Earth time. somewhere thinking in normal speed. Well, while we is, work. Is with, if there was techno- the, the question is, would there be technology in order to communicate with the group uh, A and on the other planet? Like That's the thing. No. Yeah. And right. that's why But we could come back and in normal time they would have been Well, yeah. We'd leave them behind. It's a lot more productive to like well actually that's a good question. like by the time we get light speed travel, we might have AI powerful enough to leave in charge. Like, you don't have to leave half your researchers or half of your intellectual manpower <laughs> behind. You can take right. everybody and leave your research AI to do the work and maybe just have, like, an intern keep it running while you're gone. Right. Or I actually like that you brought that up, KJ, because that gave me an idea for, like, a science fiction movie where – the rich like Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk all go into space and they don't trust any of the poor people left behind to manage it. So they have an AI do it. <laughs> oh my God. That's fair. Well, I mean, that, that'd be that, that's what Iron Man would do. Yeah. <laughs> Just have be like Jarvis. Yeah. <laughs> Just have Jarvis. Uh, I'm putting you in charge. Okay. I guess whatever. Okay. Okay. So, now I'm really going to rapid fire. All okay. right. I'm, I'm really, going to mute like, my mic. I have yeah. been rushing, but I'm going to rapid fire now. And then we can figure out how to order following episodes to deep dive. And I will keep all these notes for us so we don't forget. Perfect. So, um, speaking of time dilation. Oh, I had another note that is a perk of light speed travel is the people traveling to and from, they don't lose any time in the travel. They stay younger while we're, so you take your most prized minds and send them so they can get their work done and stay young because they're the most valuable. That's a side note. Right. Makes sense. Speaking of time dilation, and space travel, how would time dilation work between dimensions if there was interdimensional travel? And so already mentioned that there's an entire declassified document on wormholes and stargates and such. But just a brief introduction to alternate dimensions. The first thing I found was Carl Sagan's fourth dimension, Tesseract 4D made easy. Which, as I mentioned before, he's like, picture a flat two-dimensional land of cut-out paper shapes, and they can only see different length lines. And one day, Mr. Square is alone in his house, and suddenly, here's a voice. Who are you? I'm an apple. What's an apple? Let me show you. <laughs> apple sets down. 2D square can only see four dots of the apple's feet. And nice spot. If, um, even if the 3D apple were to move through the 2D plane, he would only see four, Mr. Square would only see four dots turn into four lines, turn into one big line, like limited perception. And the whole point of this 
there's a lot more, but the whole point of that is um, that if a 3D creature like us were to interact with a 2D world, it would just seem crazy to the 2D people. And therefore, like, it's unimaginable to them. They can't comprehend it. And for therefore, us 3D creatures can't comprehend higher dimensions, no matter how hard we try to come up right. with comparisons or examples, not going to happen. But right. let me talk about some of the theories people have come up with. So these, this is notes I took on a video um, called String Theory and the End of Space and Time with Robert Digcograph. That is horribly butchered. Um, like Swedish, Polish name. I, I forget theory. his nationality. Right. Big brain stuff. That's Take it away. Right. So some of the notes are, and these are not orderly, and I am rapid fire. Your eyes see in two dimensions because your eyes just use your retinas to bounce light off and send signals to your brain. So... You are in a 3D environment. Light bounces off your 3D environment and hits the 2D retinas in your eyes. And then your brain converts that to a 3D picture. Tricks you into seeing three dimensions. Yeah, it's actually inverted as as well. Yes. The way it goes through, the image is actually upside down and then it gets flipped in your brain. That's interesting. The way that our eyes and brain trick us into seeing what we see makes me question. um, People have wondered if taking psychedelics or hallucinogenics actually alters your reality. So many people who do shrooms or LSD say like they've seen God or they've seen like into (laughs) other dimensions and yes. maybe they're hallucinations, but maybe it's allowing your brain to work in such a way where instead of your eyes interpreting 3D, they interpret a higher dimension. That's some really out there stuff. That'd be but crazy. I bet. I bet. It's I've never possible. taken them, so I don't know. Same. <laughs> right. And then my I'll next note. I'll just ask someone who has. Is <laughs> right. that they said we move up through space-time. So if you think about time as the fourth dimension and you have a... Here's a picture of two objects. The next... Think about it like frames in an animation. The next frame above it, they've moved slightly. Next frame, like you've got all these Mm -hmm. frames stacked on top of each other. Layers. Layers of movement. Like the 3D printer. Yes. And that's how it was imagined before... I think Einstein or someone came up with the model for like, you just draw lines between all these different positions through time. And basically like our 3D existence is moving up through the fourth dimension of time. Very rough example, but. The fourth um, dimension is time. Correct. Commonly accepted as time. Yes. And also, I am so sorry because there's so much that I'm just going to drop without explanation. But <laughs> I'll try to limit my comments. But okay, no. This is so interesting. And it's speaking of Einstein, my next note is we all know his E equals MC squared. Um, right. And very simplified E is energy, M is mass. And this video says how revolutionary that is. Like he is saying that energy equals mass meaning that you can take mass and make energy and then you can take pure energy and convert it into mass which is apparently what they do right oh wait that's a different sorry so you can take mass and create energy you can create and you can also create mass from energy um and also space equals mass, um, an equation for that. Mass bends space-time, which is gravity. I don't know if you've ever seen the like picture 
or diagram for that, but and no. the example I've seen like that you can do with kids in a classroom is you take a blanket or a sheet, have all the kids hold it, stretch it out real taut, and you take a heavy ball, <laughs> like a basketball. We did this in gym. On the sheet, but this is for science. And the way, <laughs> like, imagine this sheet as literally the fabric of space time and the ball as a planet. When you set it on it, you know it sinks down. And if you put marbles on that, they will roll towards the basketball. That's gravity, like a visual example of how gravity works. Okay, yeah. Mass, it doesn't have a pulling force. It's literally just bending the fabric of space and time. Oh, yeah, that's how black holes work. Yes. And so... Yeah, this is a really good metaphor. I think I've heard this before, yeah. the um, I'm literally just going to read my notes with brief skimming, and we might have to do one more comeback on Zoom, but... Okay. Okay, next note. Lawrence observed bend in light during eclipse, proving this theory of Einstein's. So Einstein theorized that mass bends space-time. And if that's correct, this guy Lawrence... L-O-R-E-N-T-Z, made a prediction using Einstein's equation, and he was like, if that's true, then the light from this um, planet or star during an eclipse or something should be here in the sky instead of here. Because if it's where we think it is, Einstein's wrong. But if we plug in Einstein's equation and it's actually here, he's right because there's a bend. And he was right. And then next note, because the universe has been observed to expand, if you work backwards, there has to be a starting point where it was nothing or just one point, which is where they discovered um, the Big Bang Theory. And then engineers working on a satellite for AT&T picked up this white noise that they just couldn't get rid of. No. And then astronomers told them that they probably picked up the signal of the Big Bang. You can listen to the believed sound of the Big Bang. Oh, my God. Huh? Even deeper, the white noise on an old antenna TV, you you are observing the Big Bang pretty much. Because 1% of antenna TV static is photons that traveled from the Big Bang. So just a tiny bit of TV static on old school TVs is caused by the Big Bang. Daddy Bang? Um, So that is white noise? 1% of it, yes. 1%, okay. Stars sing, so I'm not surprised. I'm just more intrigued. I want to hear it. Okay, how much... Oh, it shows a timer at the top. One minute. That's so frustrating. Do you want to just start the next call? Um, so you yeah, don't have to... Go like, ahead and just okay. start the next call. Uno momento. Okay. okay, okay. Zero, one, two, three. Beautiful. All right. Welcome back again, again, again. Thank you guys for being so patient with all of my knowledge dump. Can you list the last couple things that we just covered? The last couple things were do doop 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 doo. Uh, uh, some of Einstein's equations and their implications and the methods in which they were proved. Um, an example. Light speed. Oh, sorry. Oh, that was a while back. <laughs> KJ's like, this is over my head. I'm just going to throw but, out some uh, so much editing. <laughs> we're into talking string theory in higher dimensions. It's called we're, string we're on, theory? Yeah, we're on string theory, which, Whoa. by the way, my na- childhood neighbor, this is going to be quick, my childhood na- uh, neighbor who was my age i went to school with was like a freaking genius and like did his sage independent study project in middle school on string theory nice okay Okay, so (laughs) kj 
freaky. Um, we haven't actually gotten to string theory yet. Okay. This is just notes I took from a video on string theory, and the dude <laughs> had to build up a lot of background on why string theory even came into existence. Like, he's like, okay, so it all started here when Einstein this theory, and then that theory, and then this, and then this, and then gotcha. we get to string theory. So Okay. Okay. The very last thing was um, uh, picking up, possibly picking up like the sound or some of the molecules from the Big Bang in like white noise or TV static. Uh, The next thing is uh, dark matter. So dark matter is like the space between galaxies, which we've thought is just nothing it's just empty space is actually dark matter and the best analogy i heard for it which is from this video is um think of it like a christmas tree in the dark or at night so you see all the lights on the tree all the ornaments are lit up by the lights and that's what you see right but the uh-huh. tree pretty much just is black like the background like it just blends in to the dark you don't really see the tree oh but it's still there yes so it's matter which means it's energy light oh no or sorry i'm wrong <laughs> mass i i got it confused i'm sorry so light ah uh, I lost it Um, because you're not necessarily wrong, but I tripped over my brain trying to remember the part of this that relates to that. Um, Oh, yeah. So stars and planets in the night sky, those are like the ornaments and the lights on a Christmas tree. Everything else is dark matter, which is like the Christmas tree. So dark matter is makes there's five times more dark matter in the universe than visible matter and what is dark matter can you explain it no i cannot (laughs) i don't even know if that's for another episode scientists that came up with all these theories can explain it they just know it's there it's Right. It's not really observable. It's more like right. they just realize. It's like my brother. You can't explain him, but he's there. Huh. Huh. Um, and another analogy is the universe cocktail. So Ooh, most of the glass is filled up with dark energy, KJ. 27% uh-huh. is filled up with dark matter. And then just 5% is ordinary matter. So 95% of the universe is dark energy or matter. And I'll just leave that to confuse you more because same. I'm just imagining giant universe full of dark jelly that is (laughs) see-through. It's not the worst uh, picture. Dark that translucent helps jelly. Visualize it. That's actually not too bad. Jelly. Yeah. And then, da, 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 da. okay. First picture of a black hole was taken in 2019. If you remember seeing that, I the first. Oh yeah, I remember hearing about that. I remember that. seeing that article. I or can't hearing about it. I haven't read the, the article. First, Same. and it, it's like a shitty photo too. No offense. I, I know it was a big deal, but it right. was not. Best they can. I know. And. <laughs> The way they got that was by turning the entire Earth into a telescope. Yes, they did. They They, had to line up each of these different telescope. Jessica was really big on this. Oh, yeah, right on. So they took telescopes all across the globe, linked them together, pointed them at the same place, and then just basically stitched together an image from that. Giant panoramic. Yes, that's, that's freaking crazy. Was that for this well, sake more like of a puzzle piece panorama? Like, was, right. It was like Is that for the sake of having a longer exposure or was that for the sake of having a wider photo? I think it's for the sake of like instead of 
I guess for maybe like for positioning or to get different angles on it so they could actually piece together because of the way a black hole works, it sucks in light. So they had to like, I don't know exactly why, but that's how they did it. That's fair. (laughs) And next note is uh, inside of black holes, time supposedly stops. Like, I've heard that. That sounds scary. Time Time is moving forward and but in a black hole time is just moving inward until it's gone like it's the end of time inside of a black hole no daddy no because like nothing exists inside a black hole right yeah and someone was quoted to say like it's so mind-blowing that like the laws of physics tell us this is how a black hole works but the laws of physics are telling us that the laws of physics don't matter because like they're contradict <laughs> it makes no sense the laws of <laughs> physics tell us how black hole works but then the laws of physics don't apply in a black hole yes and then yeah, oh, ash has big brain um colliding particles used to study the big bang like we kind of briefly talked about with the cern um particle accelerator or the Hadron Collider. Yes, CERN, the Hydron so, Collider. Hydrogen yeah. Collider. Hydro, hyd- H-A-D-R-O-N, I believe. Hadron. Oh, Hadron. Hadron. Yeah. Hadron. And so that, we're going to start at like the smallest end of the universe, which is that those are, um, that's like the quantum end, the smallest end of the study. So, you know. Well, I mean, it would be like, that if your quantum research and the um, particle colliding stuff—that's all like looking inward, whereas observing the universe is looking outward. This is the opposite of that. Mm-hmm. And so, string theory is the theory that instead of individual particles like a dot, um, it's a string that's vibrating and just looks like a single dot. And um, that is just like the most minimized description of what string theory is. (laughs) And next note is, so the four dimensions, there's three space dimensions, first, second, third dimension. The fourth dimension is time. Time. And then this theory... um, the Kaluza-Klein theory or hyperspace theory theorizes a fifth dimension. So if you look at um, a, like a single point in space, the image for it is like a power line with an ant crawling on it, and it's just moving forward or backward. But the okay. fifth dimension would be realizing that it's not just forward or backward. The ant can crawl around the power wire. Wait. Like the dimensions forward and backward, but it also curls and curves. However. And we're talking about the fourth dimension of time? This would be the fifth dimension. Which means time travel. The the power cord represents, the power line represents which dimension? That's the thing. I wasn't able to figure that out. It there was, <laughs> but no... I think it means that while you go down, my brain was okay. almost there. If you're going around you it, because okay. this theory was kind of thrown in the trash, and that's why I didn't get too much info on it because there was Aww. like a following theory was, that was more comprehensive. Like disproven? Not disproven, just there were a lot of holes in it. Like, okay, it was too basic or something but um okay then this other video uh which is by zach star on youtube i forget the video name um einstein's space-time equation was a four by four matrix so four no four variables by four variables and it didn't work it couldn't be solved um it was fixed though by making it a five by five grid, which added Pentagon. the fifth dimension. 
So if you calculate in five dimensions, his equation works. Oh, so, and that's why they think there's five dimensions. Yes, and then... Um, because it mathematically works out. That is how Kaluza and Klein came up with this theory of like the ant on the wire or whatever, the Kaluza-Klein theory. Okay. okay. But this had some holes. It's a dead theory. Oh. But it did lead to current theories that speculate more than five dimensions. I have oh. heard I have heard rumors of people who believe there are as many as 11 dimensions yes. or something crazy like that. And so if you Which is unfathomable. Where did it go? Okay, there's space time bend. There's the Kaluza Klein theory. Okay, here we go. So a universe of 10 dimensions on fizz.org. Um, to break it down, dimensions are simply different facets of what we perceive to be reality. We are immediately aware of three dimensions that surround us every day, length, width, width and depth. Beyond mm -hmm. these, scientists believe there may be more. In fact, the theoretical framework of superstring theory posits the universe exists in 10 different dimensions. These different oh. aspects are what govern the universe, the fundamental forces of nature, and all elementary particles contained within. So the first dimension is already... Um, first, second, and third are ones we are already aware of. First dimension is it gives length. Second adds um, height or width, like in one dimension is straight mm -hmm. line, two dimension. X, Y, and then you add Z. Z. Fourth dimension is believed to be time, which governs the properties of all known matter, blah, blah, blah. So then, uh, according to superstring theory, the fifth and sixth dimensions are where the notion of possible worlds arises. If we could see on through to the fifth dimension, we would see a world slightly different from our own that would give us a means of measuring the similarity and differences between our world and other possible ones. So to me, that sounds like the fourth dimension is time, but the fifth and sixth dimensions are where time travel might lie. Again, we'll have to do a deep dive to make... I'm so in for this. Actual yeah. sense of this. My brain doesn't think of it as time travel. It thinks of it as like time differences or time different time realities being well, like, dilation yeah. and that's 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 there's so many questions like that like time travel versus dimensional travel like this is mm. might sound lame but rick and morty the creators didn't want to <laughs> fuck with actual time travel because they were so like it was it was too confusing to keep continuity yeah. Oh. So they did interdimensional travel where there's multiple dimensions. They're all at happening at the same time. But like if you if your family dies in one dimension, you can just go to another one where they haven't died. It's the same timeline, right. but mm. so But then there's something different about that dimension, perhaps. Yes. Possibly. And uh, and that kind of also ties into uh, somewhat of the butterfly effect. Yes, yes. Uh, anyways, so I, mean, I haven't seen the butterfly fine. Time fly is a big effect topic. in a yes. long time. I don't so, remember it, really. It says in the sixth, we would see a plane of possible worlds where we could compare and position blah, blah, blah. So, yes, in theory, if you could master the fifth and sixth dimension, you could travel back in time or go to different futures. In the seventh dimension, you have access to the possible worlds that start with different initial conditions. So in the fifth and sixth, everything started out the same, and you can just oh. go back to how it was, or you can go to different futures. But in the seventh dimension, you could go somewhere that has different starting conditions, like a different... Ooh start than the big bang or something no like man's that. sky oh right the eighth gotcha. okay or i was never born yes yes like oh no i don't like that one <laughs> and the eighth dimension again gives us a plane of such possible universe histories 
Gotcha. So seventh dimension is you might not be able to go back. Don't fuck with the seventh dimension. Yes. This reminds me of the <laughs> I mean, levels I, like, of the dark web. If you mastered the seventh dimension, then you'd be good. But like, if this is accurate and we start fucking around, we're probably going to find out. <laughs> Let me ask you, Will. Fuck what is one thing out. that humans have actually truly mastered? Um. Well, uh, you see, <laughs> killing ourselves. Nah. No. Yeah. Forget I said that. <laughs> Anyways, in the ninth dimension, we can compare all the possible universe histories, starting with all the different possible laws of physics and initial conditions. In the tenth and final dimension, we arrive at the point in which everything possible and imaginable is covered. Beyond this, nothing can be imagined by us lowly mortals. And like all of this is so confusing. And the explanation I heard from one of these videos was that the reason for this is that some of these equations were um tried to be solved with like three dimension like there's a variable for dimensions in this long equation and if you put three in there it doesn't work or four it doesn't work but like if you do it with six it works so that says if this math is right that means there has to be six dimensions and none of this if the math is right how many people have gone over this math like i mean obviously only the best mathematicians could even understand these equations Einstein, the Kaluza-Klein, uh, Kaluza and Klein, and I'm sure hundreds, if not thousands, of university students. But <laughs> I mean, I, fair, yeah, yeah. And so, gonna cut that one off, and then go to just summarize it with: there's no proof of other dimensions or higher dimensions beyond Ooh, the fourth. Can I say? But the math does look promising. Yes. I'm so sorry. I just want to say timey, wimey, wibbly, wobbly. Wibbly, wobbly, timey, wimey. Yes. <laughs> Wiggly, wobbly, timey, wimey. Excuse me? Am I missing Doctor something? Who. Doctor Who. Oh, never mind. So, do, 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 do. The final thing to briefly mention is the double slit experiment. Um, Wait, we're not me. talking about... So this is a quantum experiment. Um, and that might be worded poorly, but basically they shone light through two slits and they're like, okay, the pattern on the wall where we're shining the light looks like this. If we shine it through one slit, it looks like this. Cool. What happens if we shine or shoot individual photons through one at a time, millions of times? What will the pattern look like? So they were like, yeah, if we have light shining through, it's millions of particles going all at once and they'll interfere with each other and create like a wave pattern. But if we mm, shoot okay. them one at a time, it should just be two slits that appear because right. there's no way for them to interfere because it's only one at a time. But it was a wave pattern. And there was a difference between um, observing the protons at the point they pass through the slit and not doing that. So if basically these particles acted differently when the scientists were watching. And that wording has led to people being like, oh shoot, like everything in the universe is alive and aware, all this crazy conspiracy stuff. Oh, but... oh no, oh no. no so, so basically their hypothesis was incorrect, right? Well, yes, because initially they were like, if we shoot one at a time through, it should just look like if you threw a bunch of ping pong balls through. Or paint, if you shot a bunch of paintballs through, it would just paint like two lines on the wall because that's the right. shape of the holes it went through. 
but it didn't do that. But it didn't do that. It acted like they were all going at once, but it was only one at a time. And there's a whole, again, that's a whole other deep dive. The final thing I want to mention is teleportation. So oh, yes, Daddy. this is roughly remembered, but again, if I remember correctly, I believe scientists took a particle and they set a certain spin on it. So it was a unique particle that they could identify as this specific particle. And then they read the data of the particle therefore destroying it, uploaded that data to their computer, shot it across to another island, and then (laughs) reconstructed that particle exactly the same way, therefore teleporting the particle via digital means. And via information on how to create the particle? Yes. This feels like bag of holding Dungeons so and Dragons shit. Just where like imagine... it won't be alive, but it'll be a particle. It, it, so it'd be like somebody has something on their computer and they convert it to code, send another computer the code, and the computer then creates that thing. Basically, but the implications of this are if you take that experiment and multiply it by like billions you could do some Star Trek teleportation where you have a reader that reads every single particle, every molecule in your body, its position, its spin, it's like every bit of information on every single particle in your body. It destroys you and then rebuilds you in another location. That is like... That's the it'd be a lifeless mind. Well, that's, that's, that's the thing. How would it have your memories? It would have to be inanimate objects. Well, so it's basically a clone. It like you're it would be able to rebuild your brain in the exact same way, so you would have the exact same memories, and you would just and you would have the memory know, of man. about of about to be teleported. So like once you're destroyed and rebuilt in the new location you would have the memory After of, your nap. hey, I just got teleported. That's the last what? thing I remember. And then now I'm somewhere like it, the continuity would be there. But of course there's questions like, are we just right. our Ethical memories? Questions. Or like, yes. do our souls travel to the new, or how like- Moral oh, and ethical so, questions. Yeah, so many questions Spiritual. like that questions yes um and and also like this is so far off this is hypothetical so far it's just one particle like we're built trillions of particles but it's also like oh this is willy wonka like the technology in order to do this would have to have such high processing power because if it fucks up you're no more it it's like exactly it's like like the fly (laughs) it's like end game just zap you're, you're gone. Bye. They didn't reappear. Sorry. Did you send them over? Right. Yeah, we sent them over. They're not oh, here. no, I don't oh, like shit. that. <laughs> and... That's terrifying. That's... out of existence. All I have. And it's bedtime, so... <laughs> I will let you, you all add Thank you for the science dump, Will. ...closing you want or any like final questions before we end it. I feel like I definitely want to spend more time looking into like dark matter, other realms, alternate like universe stuff. The the stuff towards the end really piqued my interest. Um I'm interested in time-space theories because they're based in actual science that we just don't quite have a mastery over yet, but we have proof that there's there's something there. Yeah, it's just we can't quite fathom it or figure it out yet, Um, except for Einstein. But (laughs) no, like Einstein, like was like there's something there we just like still haven't quite figured out einstein's equations like um it's 
sorry, just wibbly wobbly, timey wimey <laughs> um, stuff interests me. Um, I'm kind of contemplating. Yeah, like all of that was interesting. The benefits of possibly turning this into like three shorter part episodes. Yeah. Chunking also, it I'm up. sorry. I'm sending a when bunch have... of links in the chat right now. Please do. Oh, you're fine. Please do. I will come back and find um, them. I, I can, if you want to send me some links to help you read up on stuff and take notes uh, for some of these upcoming episodes, um, I would be glad to. Ayo. Um, But I also, I did want to end with, uh, sorry, Ash, did you want to finish your thought? Yeah, the um, but it um, implies that there's a still a thought there. I'm sorry. Um, God, I'm so tired. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, I'm, I'm so sleep, sleep deprived. I have weird dreams. Oh man. Um. Oh yeah, I, I'm totally willing to, to to help research uh with you. I like I re I really want to start like diving in like deep diving like um i love all these little little tidbits but now i i, I want to oh yes dive and as, felt... as many as we possibly can because like my brain is detail oriented and i want to know everything and i yeah. felt so bad having to just like cut you guys off so much during this because those were those were all valid questions and the same what? ones that i have <laughs> I mean, well, that's I understand fair. Why? No, that's fair. Oh my god! Like, no, but you're right. Like all of these are like episodes in their own. Oh yes. So we'll have some good stuff in the future. Some some good content, and we will um, do our research and, and dig into that and um, try to enlighten our brains. Um, I feel like some of the stuff you have to be on psychedelics in order <laughs> to understand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but uh, uh, man, thank you for your time and and your research, and that that really means a lot. Yeah. Oh yes, mm -hmm. and thank, thank you, you for, for joining all... me as usual, or yes, letting me join yes. you. Absolutely, of course. This is this is all great stuff. I'm trying to think. I had thoughts, and I and I had ending stuff and it's all disappeared from my I'll brain. I'll just say, you know, my brain is still trying to contemplate existence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, if that's everything shit. from everybody, it is very existential. Like it is. We're on the verge of great tech and we're on the verge of like killing ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> with high with photons or stuff. Um, yeah, so I would just say, you know, uh, catch us next time. You know, Friday nights are on same the Same bad time, same bad channel. Yes. Oh my god. Thank you so much for listening. Friday Night Fringe is created by KJ Chaotic Productions. If you'd like to follow us on social media, we are on Instagram as Friday Night Fringe, Twitter as Friday In Fringe, in as in night. And we have a Facebook group called House of Fringe, Conspiracies, Fringe Topics, and more. We'd love to see you on there, hear your feedback, and if you enjoyed this, don't forget to rate and subscribe wherever you're listening. We'll see you on the next one, where we go over each of the dimensions. Not four, not five. Was it six? Was it 10? Was it 12? I forget. I guess you'll have to listen to find out.